Welcome to Art Talks. My name is Richard Codd and I'm the host of this special show today because it is our Radiothon. So today we're going to speak with a few folks about the Dark Skies Art um, Program that the Mark has been coordinating. That should be quite interesting and we have a couple of guests from there. And then we have Samantha Metzner, Metzner, excuse me, who is the artist in the park for 2022. Let's start with Kelly McInerney, who is the director of arts and special events, special events for the city of Moab, and Richard Laurie, who is a sustainability specialist with the AmeriCorps program. Welcome to both of you. Tell me about the program. The what's the uh, the Dark Skies Art Program, or what are you calling it? It was a Dark Skies Art Show, and we called art it show. Ode to the Stars. So back last fall, there was a partnership with the Sustainability Department and the Moab Art Center, and we put on a, a sustainability themed art show. And then to kind of continue that partnership and go a little bit deeper, this year Richard came to us and said, what if we do a Dark Skies theme? So we decided to do that for this month of April since it's Dark Skies Month. Yep. Okay. So the city of Moab is actually applying to become an international Dark Sky community. And one of the criteria is that we have two events a year based on Dark Skies. What, What exactly does that mean that we're a Dark Sky community means that we have efficient efficient and effective lighting we put light where we need it and keep it where we don't so we're trying to reduce like having your neighbor's light go Mm -hmm. into your house into your window at night or reducing light being released up into the sky and producing light pollution and why why is that important well there's a few reasons uh like ecologically speaking there's a lot of nocturnal animals that rely on dark nights if you have light pollution, it can mess with those nocturnal creatures. One good example is like moths. They, uh-huh. they reproduce at night, but if you have a light on and they're attracted to that light, they don't reproduce. Okay. And then for humans, there's also um, your, uh, uh, well, what's it called? Your sleep cycle. Your, your sleep uh, cycle? Circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm. That can get uh, messed up with light pollution as well. Huh. So, so when I stay at those cheap hotels and and the neon <laughs> sign is there you know like eat eat <laughs> yes. yeah it's flat like, yes we want to try to curtail those right yeah we want to curtail those <laughs> and 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 kelly um the city is actually doing something through its planning and zoning or building code right where they're putting in uh new lights that are directed downwards i think yeah, that's correct. And Richard's been helping work with with that program as well. But it's it's something that's has these multiple elements to the dark skies movement. And part of that is yeah, your your porch lights and how those look and what they how they function. Are you getting any pushback from people on this? There can be a little bit. Uh, and the main pushback is trying to get people with existing lighting to change their lighting. So we're just going to try and incentivize that. We're not going to, you know, try we're not going to try and force anybody to change their existing lighting right but like new development we do want them to okay have dark sky compliant lighting pretty much meaning we don't want light to go above the hor- horizon of the light fixture we don't want any- so we want everything to be 
pointing down, directed okay. downwards. Okay. Um, and so tell me about the, the art show that you put together. Yeah, so um, the Moab Arts team worked with Richard to put out a call for art, and we sent that out in February. And we encouraged artists to um, submit any piece of work. It was all mediums were allowed and just something that was inspired by the Dark Skies movement. And so we, we had beautiful photographs be submitted. We had a beaded necklace. And then we even had a piece that was focused on the, the moths and how you know their their reproduction is is mm-hmm. based around these dark skies. So it wasn't just you know, it was some great beautiful photos, but it also kind of pulled the inspiration from different elements of why dark skies is important for our community. Okay. And where where can people see these these artworks? Yeah, they're currently still on display at the Mark. So if you if you enter the Mark in that main foyer gallery, they're all they're hung up all on the walls and we do have show brochures that if you can, if you stop by and you want to pick it up, everything's right. numbered, and you can read through the brochure. Each artist submitted um, the title of their piece, along with a bio and a statement about their work, and you can read why Dark Skies was important to them. Okay, well, that's great. Um, you know, it when I look up at the sky here, we we're spoiled in a way. When when I lived yes. in New Jersey, you know. You might, on a good day, good night, see some of the Big Dipper, but there was so much light pollution that you had to go miles out of the city to see anything. But here in Moab, when you get a little bit outside of town, it's the, the, the view is incredible. Yep. It really is. I'm from Phoenix, so I feel you. So. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. They, they have the same problem yep. there. Many, Most people around the world have that problem. Most hmm. people around the world do not have dark skies. Hmm. How many um, dark sky programs are there here in Utah? Do you know? In the immediate, fac- in the immediate vicinity, uh, there's three parks so there's arches national park canyonlands and dead horse state uh, dead, Her- dead horse point dead those point. are dark sky parks and then there's uh, a few communities like tory and oh. helper they're they're dark skies okay. communities okay um and who submitted the the artwork is it was it most all local uh folks we had a mix. We had a couple people that were, were locals and then some others that had lived in this community, seen the call for art and submitted pieces of work. But for the most part, it was people that either grew up here mm-hmm. or um, are still in the area. Well, you know, when you think about it, the sky and the dark sky, how many songs? I, I, art Talk starts every month with uh, Starry, Starry Night you yeah. know, about Vincent Van Gogh. And there are so many songs about the night sky. So I think people, when they get a chance to really see what's out there, yeah. it can be quite moving. It can be. I mean, I think it's part of just our genetic code. I mean, for millennia, for the vast majority of human existence, we mm-hmm. were guided by uninterrupted night skies, just beautiful night skies. And so I think it's part of our just genetic code to... Yeah. Be yeah. inspired by it. Well, look look at some of our ancestors who tracked the uh, eve, the, the moon and the stars, mm-hmm. the evening sky, and, yeah. and 
converted it in petroglyphs and and how many other um, like down in Chaco where, where the rocks where all of a sudden you'll see yes. the light on one day. So I think people do really think quite deeply about what's going on yeah. out there. So the contest bringing that down what what does the sky mean is 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 really uh, really clever. So. Yeah. I think another good thing about the art show is that it's sustainability in general is not just about efficiency and effectiveness like dark sky lighting. It's also mm-hmm. about adding beauty. Mm-hmm. You could talk about like green infrastructure, water conservation. If you do it right, you can add greenery to the city. You can add beauty to the city with a lot of sustainable efforts. Mm-hmm. And dark skies is a perfect example of that. You have efficient, efficient and effective lighting. You save money. You are more comfortable in the city, but you also have this added beauty of mm-hmm. the night sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're lucky we get to stargaze right in our backyards. Yeah, that's true, right? Well, I want to thank you f- uh, for coming today to talk about that uh, uh, program, uh, Richard. And Kelly, what other programs, projects are coming up at the Mark? Yeah, so we have another art walk next month. It will be a different show. We're going to be featuring the work of local illustrator Pine Bones, and that will be May 14th. And our other locations will be participating in the Art Walk that Saturday evening as well. So you'll check out what they have to offer. And then May is also going to kick off market season for us. So we are bringing the farmer's markets back, but they will be under a new name. They will be the Arts and Ag, a Moab market. And we're going to be over at Swanee Park this year. Okay. Uh, More info for that can be found at moabarts.org, or you can give us a call, but we're excited to have those markets start back up. Yeah, yeah. And and that's going to start in May? May. That's a little early, isn't it? Or was it the same time last year? I I think it should have been the same time last year. Yeah, we're going to run May through October. And you're going to do it at Swanee Park? Yes. Well, that probably makes sense because remember, I, I remember last year there were some days when it had to be over 100 when... Yep. And when you're standing on that uh, cement that sidewalk or yeah. the asphalt, yeah, yeah. it gets pretty hot. It gets pretty hot. So, and then um, coming up th- next month uh, on Memorial Day weekend, the 28th, 29th, Moab we have Arts the Festival. Moab Arts Festival. And I know the mark has been involved in that. Yeah, we've been working with the organizers for that, working with Teresa, and I think people are really excited that it's going to be back after that the two-year COVID lapse. So we've been working with them for getting some marketing out, and we hope to have an informational booth there as well where we can um, tell people about the mark, what we do, what kind uh-huh. of events we put on. Great, great. Well, I want to thank you both, Kelly McNerney from The Mark and Richard Lori from the Sustainability with the AmeriCorps program, and the a sustainability Moab, analyst. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Richard. It's great to be on. Thank you. Whoops, I forgot to turn my microphone on. Turn your microphone on. Hey, well, you know, that's one of the joys of community radio. You know, it's not, you know, polished to the nth degree where you have four different engineers sitting there. This is KZMU. KZMU is a community radio station, 106.7, 90.1. And we rely 
on our listeners for your support. This is our Radiothon, our Spring Radiothon. If you'd like to make a contribution, you can do it several ways. You can call the radio station, and that phone number is 435-259-5968. Or you can visit the station up here on 1734 Rocky Road. I'd say we're on TikTok too, but you know what? I really don't even know what TikTok is. I mean, I know it's out there and I know it's the biggest thing, but I, I maybe somebody can tell me what TikTok is. But anyway, sorry, Samantha. Um, so welcome to KZMU. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And did you find us okay? I did. Excellent, excellent. So tell me, um, what is the artist in the park? Yeah, so that's a good question. So it started um, in 2009 as a way to highlight and showcase local artists and kind of highlight the connection between the local artists um, and the natural landscapes in the Southeast Utah group of parks. And what what um, parks does that cover? Yeah, that's a good question. So it covers arches, canyon lands, Havenweep National Monument, um, and Natural Bridges National Monument. So... Do- do you do you have to go to them so many times, or how does that work? Yeah, so I have to spend um, 24 hours per month in the parks in total. So it doesn't really necessarily matter um, how many hours per which park. Um, I'll probably spend the most time in Arches and Canyonlands just because they're the closest. Um, but kind of, yeah, 24 hours total between all the parks. And, and how were you chosen, do you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so you I didn't applied. have to like you didn't have to slip somebody like uh, you know a hundred bucks or something. No, you know, hey, I want to be on. I want to be artist <laughs> in the park. No, so I actually applied fall of twenty twenty one, like September mm-hmm. October, um, and yeah. Who'd you, who'd you apply to? The National Park Service. Yeah, the National Park Service. So they have kind of like a little um, a committee that reviews the applications, and then you get to interview with them and all of that. And do they have that at other parks around the country? Yeah, so they have artists in residency programs um, at other national parks around the country too. But I think the really cool thing about this one is that you have to be a local resident in order to apply. Oh, okay. So some of the others, may, may, they don't require that? They don't require that. Yeah, they pull artists from all over like Chicago, New York City, whatever. So I think that this program is really sweet in that it gives the local artists um, in the counties where the parks are like really good opportunity to showcase their work and I think it creates um, a really nice kind of um, sense of like place-based connection within the art too because you're pulling from people who live here and experience um, you know the parks and the landscapes like every day yeah well that's that's interesting yeah Um, so let's talk about your art Um, what what is one what is your favorite medium Yeah, so I'm a photographer, um, and I'm actually the second photographer to be chosen, actually, for artists in the parks. It normally draws painters and illustrators and all of that, but my process is a little bit of a mixed media process, so I specialize in historic uh, photographic printing processes or alternative printing processes, so basically handmade photography. And so the process that I'm using currently is called the cyanotype process. And so that actually dates back from the Mm mid-1800s, which is kind of cool. It was actually the original blueprint. So it provided a way 
um, many, many years ago for architects to really easily reproduce blueprints. Uh, so that's oh, why they're okay. called blueprints because of the blue color. Right. Um, but anyways, it's an alternative photographic printing process. Um, and so what I do, the way that works is I, you know, go to the landscapes, go to the parks, take pictures. So that's kind of like my first visit is taking the photo. And then I go back to my home studio and I print the photograph using the right. cyanotype method. Um, and it comes out to be like a really vibrant and beautiful blue and white tone photograph. Um, and I print it on archival watercolor paper. And so then the second step, which is what is going to be involved in um, most of my public park visits, is then going back into the location and kind of doing watercolor on top. So kind of a mix of like the plein air watercolor okay. style, yeah. like on top of the, the print. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I saw some the other day. And like you were just mentioning, there's the blue tint and one of the pictures that I saw was um, Castleton Tower. Mm -hmm, you, had, mm -hmm. you had done that. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. and you do that on with other scenes. Is same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exact. Yeah, same process. So taking the photo and then doing the um, printing process, the handmade photographic printing process, and then going back in and watercoloring on top. How'd you, how'd you get interested in photography? Yeah, so actually growing up, my mom was a photographer. She was a professional photographer, and she had a dark room in our house growing up. Um, and so I was just kind of around it all the time. And then when I went to college, I didn't really have a plan of, like, studying art formally. I thought I was going to study psychology. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> and then I took a photo class because I was like, yeah, cool. Like, I know how to take photos. I love taking photos. Like, I know how to do all of this. And then just kind of really fell in love with the process um, and yeah, like the depth of, of photography as a medium and was able to kind of study more historic processes when I was in school. So so what you learned a lot from your mom, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where, where did she who did she work for? She worked for herself. She, her, and, and she did weddings or whatever. Yeah. So she was a fine art photographer. Fine so art. Yeah. So she showed in like galleries, juried shows, oh. that kind of thing. Yeah. And then also okay. did um, wedding photography on the side. But that was in the 90s when everything was shot on film. So she would go shoot a wedding and shoot like hundreds and hundreds of rolls in film and like develop oh, it and print it all by yeah. hand. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 the digital camera has I guess, been a blessing for photographers, right? Yeah, especially wedding photographers. And, and then, though, with the, let's talk about the process. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming you do most of your work with a digital camera? Yeah, now I do. I love film. I started off shooting mostly film, like 35 millimeter and medium format, which I love and still do some, but I don't have access to a darkroom right now. Mm. Um, and just kind of for the sake of making cyanotypes, it's, it's a little easier to shoot digital. And then, you know, you can make your own negative from that rather than um, shooting film and then scanning that in and then printing out your own negative. Because for the cyanotype process, it's contact printing. So, for example, if you want to print like an 8 by 10 image, your negative has to be 8 by 10. I don't know if I understand it. it, it, it what did you say? Negative printing? Yeah, so um, with all this technology, like we're just talking about, you can make your own negatives. So you can shoot digitally and then print out your own negatives on oh, a okay. printer on like special transparency paper. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you can and you said, can you print that right onto, um, like you had said, watercolor paper or mm -hmm. or. Um, 
pastel if you wanted to do something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the cyanotype, you have to print on um, cotton-based paper. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so from there, you can kind of choose our cotton-based surface. So from there, there's many options to choose from. So t tell me a little bit about your creative process. Um, you're the artist in the park. Um, you go out to arches, and, and do you try to focus on some of the more popular locations to, to, to do some of your work like Delicate Arch or Landscape Arch, or, or is it a cactus that draws your attention? You know, how do, how, how do you get started when you go out there one morning to, to do your work? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, probably a mix of both, right? So for artists in the parks to really wanting to make sure like people love to see some of the iconic landscapes. And I really love to kind of create my own rendition of those. I think it gives folks an opportunity to kind of connect with those landscapes in a little bit of a different way. Um, but I also, like you mentioned, like really like, you know, just kind of walking around and I mountain bike a lot. So when I'm mountain biking, I'll bring mm. my camera and I think that's just really yeah, a nice way to just get out in the desert, and it's just so beautiful out there. And if I see something that I like, I'll take a picture of it. You know, I was just wondering, as, as you were talking, if artists fall into the marketing trap and, and how that may impact your, your product. You know, I, I was talking to someone and asked if they create art for themselves. And they said no. And I thought, huh, I mean, I, I get that you have to, you make a living, but if you're always just doing something to sell, are you limiting what you can produce? Yeah, I think that's a really good point and that I like I have a lot of artist friends and I think it's hard to find that balance, right? Because you want to create things that speak to your soul, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then also too, like as a working artist, you want to make some money too. So I think it can be hard kind of finding that balance. Um, and I, I do think that being able to be the artist in the parks, I think that that's a really awesome opportunity for me to kind of do both, right? To be able to spend time in these beautiful landscapes that uh really do like speak to the soul in a really profound way but then also to kind of be able to make work based on that and hopefully kind of share that feeling uh with other people as well you know and and w when you go to some of these sites y if you watch the people what are what what are they trying to capture you you see the long lines of people waiting at delicate arch to, mm -hmm. because they want that picture yeah so you know if if that's you as the artist, you, you t the photographer, you take you, sixteen different pictures from all different angles. I mean, m maybe, and that you s so that somebody says, "Oh, that's a different view." Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think it can be hard, like especially with the landscapes that you see a lot of trying to kind of put your own twist on it. But I think that's also like part of the challenge as well is really getting to see it in a new light and try and be creative with it. So um, how do people find out about your art? Yeah, so that's a good question. So I'm um, 
in terms of artists in the parks, I have kind of my own page um, through the Canyonlands Natural History Association. So I have my own page through them. Okay. They kind of do some advertising. I have my own website. I'm really trying to work on my Instagram art presence um, to kind of build up that audience. And in terms of being in the park, they advertise that for me and, you know, let folks know when my park visits are. And then I kind of, you know, have signs that I put out when I'm in there. And then I go out and I typically, you know, I was there for three days um, over the weekend and there were people who you know were reading the website and saw the sign and came out deliberately to find me which was really awesome oh good good yeah really wonderful to be able to have the interaction like a family actually came and brought their watercolors to paint with me and that was really fun oh okay so so you don't mind that interaction no no not at all i think it's really fun especially like they brought their kids and their kids Mm -hmm. were super stoked to make some art in the park and i just i think that's such a wonderful way for kids to connect with nature in kind of a different way mm. you know and like really just spend time out there being really mindful of their surroundings and I think that's huge and I think that's something that's just like so wonderful for kids um, and adults to be able to spend time doing so when you're out there um, I'm, I'm picturing this caravan almost like do, do you bring like six cameras and these zoom lenses that can you know take a picture of something on mars you know and and your watercolors and all that stuff yeah yeah that's a good question yeah so i really actually like i don't take that much i mostly bring like i have a little um a plein air setup so like a an easel with a little painting box uh that goes on it and my paints and um some prints that I've already made that I'm I'm working on um and so yeah I think all of my stuff can really fit into the backpack except for my my paint box so I'm trying deliberately to not bring a bunch of stuff because I want to you know enjoy hiking and not have to worry Uh about hauling out like yeah all the things and though you know have to bring a lot of snacks and sunscreen and water and all of that too but in terms of art supplies trying to kind of learn how to be a little minimal out there Uh uh-huh do and and do people ask you questions like maybe if they're trying to take a picture do they ask you for suggestions they say what is it better to take the picture this way or have you run into that no they haven't asked me actually about the photo part of it but it was really funny this kid this little eight-year-old kid came up to me the other day and he was like oh that's really good and I was like oh you think so and he was like well it's good but it's not Leonardo da Vinci good and that just like really cracked me up that was really funny (laughs) and just like a really kind of fun experience to have with like a little art critic (laughs) yeah yeah like a little young Sheldon yeah yeah yeah. um but but that's you know, probably perfect for the artist in the park. Here's a here's a kid who is thinking about it enough to compare. Yeah. And then you could say, well, what was it about Da Vinci that you liked? Right. You know, yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. Yeah. I mean, it's huge to get those conversations going. And um, I just think it's really cool. I found that kids especially are really curious and interested in what I'm doing, and that's always really fun. Of course. And, yeah. the, and the adults might be just a little, oh, I don't want to ask. the you know. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so tell me the website. What's, what's the address? And then um, phone number. How do they get in touch with you if they're interested in seeing your work or 
hopefully purchasing some of it. Yeah, so my website is samanthajadephotography.com. Uh, and then on Instagram, too, folks can also follow me at Samantha dot jade dot art so i post a lot of my artist in the parks process work on my instagram and also on my um my website again samanthajadephotography.com i have a whole little artist in the park section as well okay okay and uh, what's coming up anything Yes, I have uh, some more time in Arches, and then I'm also going into Canyonlands Island in the Sky next weekend, um, and then spending some time in Haven Weep and Natural Bridges in May, which I'm really excited for. Um, and then we'll be planning the rest of my park visits through October, kind of as the time goes. So I'll be coming out with more work um, kind of throughout that. I have five prints right now up for sale as part of the artists in the parks um program and uh my goal is to have around 10 so still got some work to do yeah okay yeah well i want to thank you very much for coming today it's a pleasure to meet you and um Maybe one of these days I'll see you out there. You don't have to go in with a timed entry program, do you? No, I don't. No, they gave me an employee pass for that. So I I get to skip the line a little bit. Excellent. (laughs) Well, well, thanks so much for coming up here today. I really appreciate it, Samantha. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. You can hear Art Talks on the airwaves at KZMU every third Monday of the month at 4 p.m.